Chicago hard, Chicago hard, Chicago hard. Up and into them, right from the start of the game. the Chicago State of Mind. We are a Chicago sports podcast from the perspectives of Southside guys with an unapologetic Chicago bias. If this city could talk, it would say Chicago versus everybody. Hey, Doug, what's a good word, my guy? Yeah, everything good, Prez. Feeling good, baby. You know, we had some good sunshine here over the weekend, man, and um, hopefully we get some more coming. Bro, that was short-lived, though. Okay, so I was happy on <laughs> <a> Saturday. <laughs> It is Sunday rolling around. I'm like, what in the hell? <laughs> no, right? I'm like, man, it's starting to see some rain come through, man. I'm like, oh, man, because Saturday was lovely, bro. Yeah, listen, Saturday I was out on the balcony. I, you know, I told you where I was at. I went to go cover the uh, Notre Dame spring game. I know all this, not Chicago State of Mind, but guess what? I'm a diehard Notre Dame football fan. A-Dub knows this. Everybody is going to know this this upcoming season. However, we don't cover that on this show, but this was just all for my guilty pleasure, A-Dub. The weather out there, bro, the South Bend was amazing, bro. Man, I know you enjoyed that, bro. Yeah, but she, you was covering the AAU tournament this weekend. How'd that go? Oh, man, it was dope, man. Those young ladies can flat out ball. So it was some good talent in that tournament, man. So I'll tell you, man, I got a chance to cover some very good games. Any uh, young ladies that caught your eye in particular that we want to give a shout-out to? Yeah, man, that were quite a few. It was this team, man, that I actually uh, <clears throat> that I actually saw out there that I thought um, had a nice young lady. That team was called Full Package 2023 Neon. They had this young lady named Angelina Tavorzi. She's like 5'8", 5'6", 5'8", press, played very well, man. Got a nice little jump shot. I mean, plays pretty hard, plays tough, man. She is going to be nice. She's going to continue to get better. But she's young, so she's going to be nice. I saw another young lady for uh, Full Package 2023 Black. They all, this is local, right? This is local within the Chicago area. Her name is Aubrey Galvin. She's 5'6", man, point guard, Perez. I mean, she got the full package for real. I mean, she can pass, Perez. She can dribble, man. She was out there making some nice layups. She took over and won those half of those games that I saw, man. So she's somebody I would say we want to keep an eye on, Perez. Okay, sure. I like that. Okay, and, and what was the name of the team again? Um, this name of the team, it was called Full Package 2023 Black. And they're local to Chicago. Yes, sir. Yep. Seeing to keep our eye out. All right, audience, any of you guys that are into prep sports, remember the name of that team. And as A-Dub and I have talked to you guys about in the past, not only are we your go-to place for college sports and pro sports, but A-Dub and I have dipped down to the prep sports ranks. So now we cover 
all the various prep teams and all the AA tournaments have going on all summer. So just don't be surprised if you hear us talking about a lot of prep sports this summer because it's a lot going on in that space, and especially with the female game, right? We can't just be sitting over here talking about, oh, the Chicago Sky and Candace Parker, but then we don't give homage to the young ladies that are coming next. Yes, sir. Exactly, Fred. So you're right, man. That's dope that we actually give homage there. We got to, man. Shit, they, hey, fuck all these slogans where everybody like, oh, they got next. No, they here. So we want to make sure that we are, are saluting it because you over here telling me about these girls' games. I'm sitting here like, I wish I would have been there because I'm like, I love to see good basketball. So definitely you do. I know that about you, friends. You definitely be up there, man, for those good games, bro. Yes, sir. So, you know, but um, what, what, what's going to happen, audience, is the next AAU tournament that we go to, we're going to give you guys a little preview and we'll recap it because there's so many top players in this state that you guys need to know about. And we want to talk about these guys before they're, or females, before they become mainstream names that someone is now just telling you the same information that they heard from someone else. We want to get to these players so that way you're telling you, we're telling you about these players so that way you know about people ahead of the game a little bit. So that's what we're going to try to provide on this show this time. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Well, let's get into this show, A-Dub, because Power Book Episode 10, and yeah, audience, we know late, but it don't matter. You ain't heard what A-Dub and I had to say about this episode, because A-Dub, <laughs> you know what the best way to describe that last episode was? Go ahead, Fruit. man. Crucial. <laughs> and guess what, Prez? You said it. You specifically called it out, man. You said, look, A-Dub, this is going to be a crazy episode with a lot of music <laughs> going on. You already said it, bro. You called it out. Yeah, dude, that was my biggest takeaway. Then I was like, okay, a little bit of action packed in here, some deceit, you know, Walter Flynn, you know how he is. <laughs> Kidnapping yeah. and a little murder. And we're going to get to the murder later in the show. We're not going to talk about that right now, but there was a loss in this show. And we finally had our first big loss of the show where a lot of us kind of walked away from it a little sad. I know I was at the end of this episode. Man, Prez, I watched the episode twice, and I ain't gonna lie to you, man. At the end, I was sad, bro. I'm like, man, man, man. Why they had to do that? But all this does get into our thoughts on it leading up to that untimely death. So we we teased it on the last episode. We talked to them about Vic, right? Because right. remember, he's under the impression still that Tommy was responsible for Gloria's death. Correct. So he's coming to Tommy hot in this episode, bro. Oh yeah, that phone call, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, damn, uh, Vic, you're kind of tough on the phone, aren't you? You know, he talking crazy uh, to, 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 um, to Tommy. Tommy, like, you sure you ready for this kid? Mm-hmm. Because, you know what, because Tommy was trying to call the truce, and Vic was like, I don't know what you're talking about. I ain't got nothing to do with that. But, however, <laughs> it's about to be a war. Right. It's coming, baby. And what, what happened after that, Perez? Your boy Tommy had to what? Get prepared. Well, because we saw a little bit of that on the, on the last episode. We saw that, that Tommy was, uh, <laughs> shit, he was getting together a squad, right? Right, right, right. And that's because he had, he had the mob backing him. So he was like, all right, cool, let's go. You know what I'm saying? Let's, let's do this. But see, the, the problem was Vic was overconfident because he had his own mob behind him. But see, listen, you ain't got Tommy. Tommy is a fucking killer. You know what I'm saying? And they thought that they had the little leg up on him, A-Dub, and you saw how that fucking worked out for them. Man, Tommy, like, look, he went and got a couple of those serves with him, prayers. He was ready to clap back quickly, right? So they mm -hmm. came up to his spot. Tommy was well prepared and ready, man. That guy is cerebral, prayers. He's strategic. Now, one of the things, too, before we get into just the main 
portion, the point of the, the shootout that happened is still in this episode. While we know Tommy's got the support of the Serbs, but the Serbs also promised him that they're going to find out who shot at Tommy and DMAC. Because at this point, DMAC is still in the hospital, right? DMAC's right. in the hospital with JP. And so at this point now, JP is still very upset with Tommy. You can tell <laughs> when they when they have words, JP's letting them know, don't call him no DMAC. You call him Darnell. So he put him in his place. <laughs> he sure did. You know, and but at the same time, though, but the thing about it is you can't pull up on Tommy because Tommy ain't stupid. No, he far from that, man. Far from that. And when Tommy knows the situation ain't right, Prez, he going to try to get a one-up on you. And that's exactly what he did. But then also, too, in this episode, which is something that you and I have been talking about, is the situation between Jannard and Diamond, right? Yes. And Jannard thought he had the, he thought he had the fucking one-up on his brother, but his brother too smart. Now, in this situation here, I was wondering what Diamond was going to do. Because, you know, when Diamond got that call, he was like, no, this shit don't even feel right. And he got up out of the barbershop, right? Right, got in the right. Car with old girl. Now, this is my thing. I was wondering if Diamond was going to go in there and try to ambush him, but he probably realized, no, nah, I'm, I'm here with Shorty, so I'm just going to get her up out of here. Right. But this is my question for you, A-Dub. If you wanted to kill Diamond, would you give him an alert, or would you just go pull up on him at the barbershop? Man, you go put up at the barbershop. You don't get no alert like that. Try to figure out where I got either. You know where I am or you don't. You feel me? You try to figure out where someone that you already made a mistake. Yep. Because the whole time, see, this is the thing. John and his boys was too busy in the barbershop running their damn mouths. If that's all y'all wanted to do or try to overthrow, overthrow Diamond, find another place to talk that shit out. Right. Find another place to do it. They picked the wrong place to do it at. Mm-hmm. And, I, and like I said, before that all happened, Adrian's trying to cheer Diamond up, but you can't cheer no man up and his brother wants to overturn him and, and kill him or whatever the hell else. Ain't no cheering up for that. That's like a major betrayal. You know what I mean? It gets no worse than that, Fred, when you got your own family trying to betray you like that. Your brother, you, the one you say hold it down when he was gone. Mm-hmm. And also, too, you see Adrian now, she's starting to ask all these questions of Diamond and Diamond. Like, man, I can't answer all this shit that you got for me. Right, right. So Diamond kind of like letting her put her know, let her know the situation, what it's about. You know, he ain't let her know exactly what his brother, but he's like, look, there's some things I can't talk to you about. Yep, exactly. Rightfully so. But you know what? Diamond, he gets his revenge. And we'll talk about that a little bit later on. But I say this at this point in the episode, Diamond realizes his life is in danger. You saw the look on his face, hey, Dub. The man did not look like, oh, man. He, he looked like he was good. He was really shook in that moment, probably for a lot of reasons. Not saying that I don't think that he wanted to smoke. I just don't think that he wanted that with his brother. You know what I mean? Right. I think that was kind of tough for him to, to realize. Absolutely. The feel like you've been portrayed, you know, like you and I were talking about by his brother, man. That's kind of tough, bro, in itself. When your brother betrayed you, bro. Mm -hmm. And all people, the one you kick it with, you, you break bread with, Perez, you out there getting money with, you're hustling hard with, that person betrayed you. That's Listen, tough. Man. And taking a step back further, shit, man, y'all was out playing fucking basketball at the park together, man. It's like, come on, man, really? You? you? Right. All people. Of all, all people. That shit, man. It, but you know, A-Dub, you and I, did off off, sub, off subject from uh, Powerball for a second, you and I can relate to that. Growing up on the South Side, Sometimes you saw some things from people that you never would have expected from them. And, and it kind of makes you wonder sometimes, like, why does money and, and, and certain aspects, it changes people sometimes. And, and it sucks. 
Yeah, it does change these people's prayers. And what this also let us know as well, like you said, in the South Side, we grew up in, man, it's always an inside job, man, for the most part. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, back to the situation with the Serbs and the Irish mob. So we see that the Flins and the Irish mob, A-Dub, are celebrating. And this is before they attempted that move on Tommy. But as we talked about a little bit earlier, Tommy and the Serbs are one step ahead of them, man. Because <laughs> remember, he used that little blonde girl to distract one of the men. Yeah, he did. Because <laughs> she lured him to that alley and Tommy was there. Man, I'm talking about, I thought Tommy was going to fucking pop that dude's neck off. He was choking him so motherfucking hard, bro. Man, he was choking life out that dude, man. But what that shows you, though, Perez, is that about Tommy, man, you're right. He want to get one up. But the thing is, why are they out there drinking and partying like they ain't got nothing to do? Right. Y'all acting like y'all did something. <laughs> right. Tommy to lose. Y'all came in for the reason. Y'all came in town to do a hit, right? That's why y'all here. But y'all out there chilling, having a good time. Really? Well, guess what? Well, Tommy got the, 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 the beat on old boy. What'd he do? Hang the body upside down, guts pouring out. And he wanted them to see that shit, the Flynn's and that Irish mob. And that's when Walter got pissed. <laughs> right. He wanted to send a message. Then he also sent um the the the, the uh, daughter flan a message like, hey, I, I, I up the score on you. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. But that's in that moment though, that's when you saw the Walter and Irish mob, they had internal conflict. And that was because Tommy fucking got he he, he, was, <laughs> he beat them at their own damn game. Yes, he did, man. And Claudia looking stupid. <laughs> man, she was looking so damn dumb. But this also <laughs> too after this kill. This is when Tommy went to the hospital, which for me, A-Dub, I don't know what you thought about this, but I'm like, Tommy, you hot. Why are you at the hospital? Right. It, it should be told, man, things could have happened to Tommy, man, really, because he actually snoozing, right? Really, Chris, because he's got his mind on his family, right? He's yep. worried about his family. When you worry about your family like that, it's like, hey, and you in the streets, it's hard to balance out both sides of it, you know? And those street dudes know what I'm talking about, Perez. You know you grew up in the South Side. It's hard to balance out both sides of that, man. And I know that Tommy posted up a serve outside the room, which was cool. But at the same time, Tommy, you leading them you leading them right to where your relative is. Because in most situations right. like that, you don't want nobody to know what hospital that person's at. Right, Perez. He's showing a little bit of vulnerability, even though he got a little small protection there with one of the, with one of the guys that are protecting his family. But again, that vulnerability is still out there. Yep. Now, what JP? Now, JP was salty with him, and Tommy brought the care package. He said, I hope you like the Cubs. That was funny. <laughs> I know it was. <laughs> you know me, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to talk about the Cubs. You know me. But I know how you felt, Perez. He was like, okay, all right. They on the south side or whatever. I'm like, you on the south side, but you buying Cubs shirts, Tommy? That's because you're a New Yorker. You don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can actually agree with you on that part, friends. He's a New Yorker. He should actually came with a soccer jersey, no doubt. You know what I'm saying? If you don't, know, if we being fair about it, but you know yep. what? It's all good. It's all good. We know it's a bias. We know it's a bias. <laughs> right. I get it, though. I get it, man. But in that moment, though, JP was like, hey, you can't do me one favor. I need you to run by the house and grab some things, blah, blah, blah. And Tommy, like, I'm busy. <laughs> and I'm sitting up here like, Tommy, should be <laughs> at the hospital right now. You more than busy, bro. But, right. but JP, I'm busy here at the hospital with my son. I'm like, damn, JP, I see you. I see you. And hey, he Tommy got goes, tough with him. He didn't get tough with him. But Tommy <laughs> goes back. And what did I tell y'all last episode? That Kate was going to fucking return. And here Woo! she is. In the house, you see walls exposed and shit because she's looking for money and shit. Kate asked, she a motherfucker, hey, dude. Hey, man. Hey, look, Kate a gangster, friend. <laughs> <laughs> she 
She don't care, man. She's like, hey, what that damn lady gonna do, man? She don't need the money. Nope. But at the same time, it was kind of cool because Tommy's like, Ma, he's getting ready to line her up. <laughs> right. And now, and now Kate is coming to the hospital because now she's finding out, oh shit, I got a grandson too. Right, right. Gotta get, get, get to meet one of my get to meet my other son and grandson. It was she was funny because she was like, hey, look, she told Tommy, like, well. You could give me no grandkid. <laughs> mm -hmm. Someone else did. <laughs> so, you know, that, that relationship is always funny to me, man, how Tommy talks to her. Now she talks to him, you know. She yep. always, like, overlooked this craziness and just keep it going. But you're right, man. She actually wanted to pull up and go see, man, her nephew, her um, grandson. Well, you know what that is. Tommy also always take care of her on the paper because, you see, he gave her that big-ass wine and she went right there to the hospital. She's like, all right, cool. Yep. I'm going to stop tearing up this house. And the thing is, he gave her the money to, to leave, right? He's like, I'll give you yep. the money so you can leave. What she do? Take the money in and say, I want to see my great yeah, she want to see my great <laughs> I said, that's all talking about right there. She ain't trying to hear tell me out, man. Nope. She's like, I'm staying and I want that money. For, for real. She want she wanted both. Mm-hmm. But you know what's interesting about this whole thing was how, how Claudia was trying to use Dahlia as a way to get um, to get back to Tommy, right? Right. And it's 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 weird because she made it seem to her family that she had nothing to do with Dolly. But then what she do? She told she told the Irish cat, "That's my shit. It ain't Tommy shit." But for her pops, she didn't want her pops to know that she was making outside moves. Right. And she was trying to actually tell the Irish cat about what was going on. Right. Like to try to get him on her side. Uh huh. And that's why she was like, oh, well, that's why I got the address to the lab, blah, 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 blah. And sent them off, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. Yep. But see, this is the thing. Walter was impressed by Claudia because he was, like, looking at her like, see, Vic, you ain't got these type of smarts like she does. But at the same time, all they did was went into a wild goose trace because, like we said earlier, Tommy was ready for him. Well prepared for them, man. He came soon that those one of those Irish guys walked through. Shots fired, Prince. So he mm -hmm. wasn't playing around at all. Now, also, too, this is the part where I feel like Walter doesn't listen to the people around him. Because Vic was kind of questioning the whole situation of, like, all right, so your connector says that he's got the address. Can we trust this, or should we vet this thing out? And Vic and Polly both suggested, hey, let's take more time and plan this thing out. But nobody listened to him. Nope. And all Vic was over there talking about, I get the kill shot on time, and I'm like, Vic, you ain't built like that. Relax. Right. I'll tell you, man. Vic was hilarious, man. I'll tell you, friends. So I'm like, dude, you a changed man since you know, since your lady passed away. You just this old tough guy now. Mm-hmm. But you could see even his family, they was kind of looking at that shit like, nah. They they was like, hey, um, <laughs> Walter was like looking at it like, nah, I kind of fear for you. So he was like, hey, he told the little Irish mob cat, he was like, nah, he said. You're responsible for making sure that my son stays alive. For real. Like, my son ain't built this, like you're saying, friends. He ain't built for this. Look out for him. Mm-hmm. Yup, yup, yup. But also, too, now, going back to the situation with Jannard and Diamond now. When they find, when when Jannard, you know, realizes, oh, shit, my brother understands what the hell's going on. Now, what Jannard start doing, they do? When he start, like, trying to, you know, uh, unite with uh, Walter Flynn and his crew, He's trying to reach out to the Serbs. I mean, he, he's scared, so he's trying to make some moves. And on top of that, after putting that hit out, Jannar blowing Blackston's phone up, trying to get an update. 
And I know <laughs> in the whole time that Diamond got Blackson tied up at the warehouse. Hey, look, man, I got to give Blackson some credit here because Blackson was like, you know what? I ain't going to say nothing at first. I thought he was going to hold the water, right? I, I thought, thought he, he was, was too. Snitch. I thought he was too. That's what I thought initially. Then that punk snitched, you know? <laughs> I was like, oh, no, Blackson, come on, man. How you going to snitch and still act tough, you know, and then call out, you know, uh, Diamond, uh, you done got soft and all this stuff. I'm like, man, but you snitched, though, bro. <laughs> you snitched, man, at the same you time. Can't be, you can't be doing all that tough talking. You singing. <laughs> right. You done told him his brother, man. So uh, even though Diamond kind of knew, but you done, you done spit it all out. You gave him that confirmation. Yep. That's what you did, dude. Confirmation. And what he said, he said, Blackson told him, hey, you don't want no bodies, huh? And uh, Diamond said, no. And then he lit his ass up. And I was like, okay, that was kind of cold. That was kind of cold. <laughs> I ain't going to lie to you. It was kind of funny the way Diamond was beating him down with that baseball bat, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was cracking him up. I said, Diamond is crazy, man. Like, y'all been back up off a of man Diamond, man. He ain't no punk. No, Diamond wasn't playing no games. But the fact that Diamond dropped that, that body off in Gennaro's crib, I was like, yeah, Gennaro knew at that point, like, all right. I need to team up with somebody else because now my brother's yeah. got beat on me. Yep, that's when that teaming up happened, man. And it was kind of funny, though, because I'm like, what the hell is Jay doing going over there by the Flins, right? What you doing talking to the Flins, trying to play the Flins on what's going on here, you know, with them, you know, what's happening and what you're trying to do to unite and, and, and get and take over the territory, right? I'm like, you don't want to do that with the Flins, dude? No, no, uh-uh, no, 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 no. But that's what I was saying earlier. Jannar wasn't the only person that messed up in this episode because Vic and Irish Mob, they fell right into Tommy's trap as we talked about earlier when they pulled up to the lab. Tommy and them was waiting on him. That gunfire went out, and most of Vic and, and um, that, that Irish Mob dude's men got killed. Yep. And also that dude knew his one job was to keep Vic alive, so he made sure to grab Vic, and they got up out of there. Yeah, he did. <laughs> He's like, I don't have no more shootout. Let's just go. <laughs> and you know what's crazy about that? At this point, Tommy had killed three of them, and they ain't got nothing on Tommy yet. No. Okay. Yep. And but at this point, though, that's when the Irish mob cat he moved in on. He kind of like pulled up on Claudia. Was like, uh, what was up with your intel? And then you know, with Claudia, them being Claudia, she changes the whole subject and she starts talking about Dahlia. Right. And so she's right. like, Nah, this is my shit. And she gives him the exclusive pipeline for it in Europe. So what you're trying to see, what we see there is that Claudia trying to use them, Perez, as you saw, yep. right? I'm yep. like, oh, look at Claudia, Claudia being slick over there. You know what I'm saying? I already mm -hmm. unintentionally sent them on a suicide mission and now trying to promote Dahlia. Uh-oh. Mm -mm -mm. But you know what? Because of all this war, we see Liliana make the first mistake without looping in Tommy, right? So she's out, out there at the lab with the with the chemist, and she lets the chemist go. Gives us some money. It was like, oh, get up out of here because I don't like how this is going right now with Tommy, and it may not go well for well with you. But see, this is the problem. When you a war like that, anybody can be a casualty of that war. Liliana knows better than that. Yeah, she knows better than that, Prez. That's probably her first time showing emotion like that. Yep. Because then what happens? Claudia kidnaps the chick, and she's demanding intel. Yep. And that's what happened. You you pretty much put. The chemist in danger as well. Yeah, because not only did they get her, then they got JP. Right. Absolutely, Perez. 
So that's when Tommy and Diamond and Liliana had to get together. You know, they developed a little plan before going to the meetup spot. But then that's when she got crazy, man. And that's why at that last scene, I'm like, what in the fuck is going on? <laughs> you know what's crazy? That last scene, friends, all the lies were exposed, bro. Yeah. I'm like, oh, this is a crazy scene. Janar here, Diamond here, uh, the Flynn's there. You know, it's like, okay, everybody about to get exposed right now. Yep. Shit, Liliana was there. They all was there. Yep. The whole crew, man. But at this point, this is what Diamond, he makes the first move, eh, Doug? He demands, hey, Walter, hand over Janar. You know what I'm saying? Because he tried to kill me. Right. And he, like, <laughs> and he was like, in return, I'll give you Tommy. But right. you know what? Janar, punk ass, because he's so emotional, he can't even wait for the exchange to be negotiated, and he starts taking shots. Hey, that's, that's the type of guy he is. Broke loose. All hell broke loose. Shots just start firing everywhere, Prez. And this is crazy, because now these two going after each other fighting, Vic's going after Tommy fighting, and Tommy kind of like laughing. I'm like, oh, man, you got a little aggression to you. Okay, Vic. <laughs> you really mad, man. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's it. But then in that situation, Liliana was quick because she even got behind one of those little Irish cats and she took him down. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. That was, a, a, a in a way, a bloodbath going on, Prince. But remember that scene, no, Walter? Because, you know, he always afraid for Vic. He tries to go after Vic, but then Polly's like, nope. Because <laughs> he's like, no, I need to get you out of here. You need to be right. safe. You need we to be safe. We what happened when Tommy and Vic started squaring up. Tommy whooped that ass. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Tommy really wasn't truthfully trying to kill him, man. You know what I'm saying? No, he, no. he was trying to let him know that, look, dude, your father sent you off. Mm-hmm. He definitely sent them off. But in this situation, too, you saw Gennard. He was testing Diamond's gangster be telling him to shoot me, right? Right. And when Diamond pulled that shit, that trigger ain't up, I said, damn, did he just kill his brother? Man, at first sight, Chris, I sure thought he did. Mm-hmm. And then we saw that he missed. You know, he didn't, like, shoot him. He just kind of shot the, shot the gun, but didn't, you know, shoot him. I was like, oh, man, that was a interesting scene right there, Prince. Yep. But you know what? What comes from that conversation? Because you know Diamond felt a little guilty for bringing his brother into the drug game, right? Yeah, he felt guilty, man. But that's but what he presents to him. He said, look, we're going to split CBI down the middle. You take the side over here, and I'm going to take the side over here. But And he basically kind of let him be known that if I see you again, it's on site. Right, it's on site. So now you got your whatever. And that's what I got to give Diamond credit for, man, you know. Even the, even in the previous episode, when that cop came there and took money from you know, Diamond always trying to be reasonable. Like you know what, if I feel like I got some fault in this year, I'll try to I'll try to pay my fair share on it. You know, and mm -hmm. fucking like trying to do the same thing with with his brother, right? When he had him on that ground, like look, I'm gonna go and let you have that there because you're right. Maybe I did stop you from becoming a baseball player if he's saying you know. Yep. <laughs> so if I play a part in that, I'm gonna do the right thing and let you go and have part have part of this. Mm -hmm. But like you said though, in that final scene. All the lies got exposed, they dub, because in that moment, that's when Vic starts to understand, wait a minute, my dad lied. Because Claudia right. put the dad on, on Blast Street, right? Mm-hmm. And that's when that's what Tommy's even saying, like, yeah, Walter, you've been on some bullshit this whole time. Right, right. It was coming more to you could see, you kind of saw this coming, Perez, because remember Claudia, right? She talked to Janara, right? And Janara kind of spilled the beans to her, like, hey, look. Your dad was involved in all this stuff here, you know? That, 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 what do you say? That white boy wasn't around, right? That's, That's what's right. called up here. 
<laughs> call some refer to somebody as the white boy. So he kind of spilled the beans already to uh, Claudia to let her know, open her eyes up to, hey, maybe you don't know the whole full truth around here of what's going on. Now you know, even though Jannar did it for a different reason, right? But mm-hmm. he kind of let her know what the situation was. Yeah, because that's at that final scene. That's when after uh, <laughs> after they all kind of called him out about talk, telling the truth, that's when Walter gives up JP. And that's when Tommy lets go of Vic, right? Right, but right. The damage in that family has already been done, if you're being honest. Because they're never going to be that crime organization that Walter wants. Because now, you know, Claudia is going to be doing her own thing now that she sees what her father's really about. And Vic, he may end up teaming up with Claudia. But the thing in this last episode, and we just don't get to it, Claudia taking that shot at Liliana that proved to be fatal. And the fact that, that Liliana died in Tommy's arms, and you saw that look in Tommy's eyes, A-Dub, mm. And here's, yeah, I saw that look in his eyes, Chris. And here's the other part of it. Tommy don't know who did it. He no. did not know that Liliana was the one who shot him. Uh, Claudia. I'm sorry, Claudia, right. He doesn't know that Claudia shot her. Yep. And that's tough, man, because you know Tommy. What we what did I say on the last episode? Tommy don't have a lot of people around him that he can trust. And he's and that relationship between him and Liliana, it just organically grew. And that was one of my favorite parts of the show, just seeing how they was working together and how well they worked together. And now that she's no longer in the mix, that's gonna be tough. And that's another loss for Tommy. So the next season of this show is gonna be interesting to see how Tommy avenges her death. Because I can't. Oh my God! Can you imagine if he finds out that uh, that Claudia has anything to do with this shit? Ooh, we <laughs> he may be gunning back for her, like you did what? You know. But it's also sad to see you know Liliana off the show, man. Because I start to love her character as the still you know, as the uh, episodes are going on, you know. So it's kind of sad to see a character off, you know, uh, get killed. But the thing is, like you said, man. Now Tommy probably gonna build another mission right now to avenge. Yep. And you also see at the end, the Chicago FBI, now they're trying to put the pieces together, eh, Dub? <laughs> oh, that was like a new player in town because we see some familiar faces there. And they're sitting here like, okay, um, who is this new player? Right, like, right. Somebody like a ghost. And I'm like, uh-huh, we've seen this movie before. For real. We have seen it for sure, Perez. But you know what? what's also fascinating about this season, Perez, um, is that the law enforcement haven't really been fully involved, you know, because, you know, the other ones is always the law investigating these guys. Really, we haven't seen a lot of that in this one. You know, this has been more like, hey, the players, right? Who's involved? The war, right? It's been the war, but the cops haven't really been involved in all this. And I think that that's what they're teeing it up for in the second season where we're going to see more of that interaction. Right, because you're right. The only cops that we had involved in this one was Bennigan. (laughs) Right, he had dirty one. (laughs) Absolutely. But no, I think what you're going to see, though, A-Dub in season two is you're going to see a lot more of the FBI being weaved in where they're trying to figure out what's going on in Chicago. Right. And that's what I'm looking forward to, man. Because I, like, I kind of like some of those scenes, those mystery scenes, man, that gets involved with the cops trying to figure out who's going to go to jail, who did what, you know, so that whole how that whole story play out. Nope, no facts. But all this, listen, this is going to conclude our power book force content. And I hope that you guys have enjoyed this. This was kind of fun at A-Dub, and I just kind of did this like <laughs> – we kind of just did this on a whim, but you guys seem to enjoy it. So when the season comes back next year, we're going to keep talking about it. Um, and, and we would love to have you guys start to kind of write in with some of your funny happenings for some of those uh, episodes as well. But A-Dub, let's get into our sports content now. 
I want to talk about your Chicago Cubs, man. They had a, a nice series here with the Pittsburgh Pirates. So talk to them, man. Prez, let's just talk about that part. We played this the Pirates four times, Prez, and we only won one game. In that one game, we blew them out, what, 21 to zero. It was pretty much a Bears game, right? A 19, what, 84 Bears game, you know, 85 Bears game. That's what that was. So I did enjoy watching our guys handle business that day. And you know what they did? I thought that was a typo. I was sitting at the sports book, and the score popped over, and I looked at the guy next to me. I said, did they make a mistake on the screen, or did they score 21 runs today? He's like, no, they scored 21 runs. I was like, really? I was like, because I was watching them in a couple nights before. They weren't looking so good. I'm like, 21 runs? I'm like, damn. And then I saw the Hendricks was the pitcher. I was like, okay, well, now it's making sense why the Pirates struggle. But I'm like, damn, them bats came alive. Man, came alive. I just wish we had some of those runs kind of scattered out press throughout the series, right? right. Otherwise, we would have probably won four in a row against those guys, man. But I'll tell you, man, we had some tough pitching we had some decent pitching, I would say, because we weren't getting blown out of these games, right? First game, what, 4-3 to three we lose, right? 4-3. to three. I'm like, we need to get some more runs, right, going on. Then game two, we lose, what, 4-2. to two. Then the next one, we got that 21 run. Then we lose again the fourth game, 4-3. to three. I'm like, man, as long as we get some consistent batting going on, press, some consistent hitting, that's not too bad giving up four, four runs a game, you know? And at least against the Pirates, right? You should be able to score more than three runs against the Pirates, you will hope. Yeah, that's why I was like, it was kind of interesting seeing them come in and you guys had the, like you said, the one game, but for the most part, it was struggles. And I and I can't really talk too much about struggles because my team's been on a little bit of a losing streak as well, which we're going to get to in a second. But I wanted to talk to you about you guys' schedule coming up because honestly, it's going to get a little rough because you guys have a series against the, the Atlanta Braves, the, yes. the Brewers, the Sox are coming in, and also the Dodgers and the Padres. So Shit, it's going to be kind of tough coming up, you know, in these next couple weeks now. Oh, it's going to be real tough, Rez, and this is where your pitching really get tested, right? Now we're really going to be tested now. So did our pitching staff kind of grow up from these games that we lost, right, against the Pirates? How much more did they grow up from that? Because I know I was looking at my boy Ethan uh, Roberts, and I'm like, man, I like that kid, Perez. Um, He's the one that came up, you know, um, from the minors, right, when he got that yep. call, you know, of how he did well in the, in the, in the, um, in the Cactus League. And we get my opportunity. So I want to see how he does coming out, you know, out the bullpen. I'm like, man, that's going to be good for him. And, um, you know, and Mark Leiter, I know he's been around a little while, but he's going to have to step his game up, you know. Um, Justin's going to have to step his game up. So we really want to see how these pitchers start to grow, Chris. That's what I'm looking forward to. But it's like you said, man, it's going to be tough going against these teams because these are teams that are going to make you pay. And not to, not to bury the lead here, but a lot of these games are coming on the road. Yeah, and that don't help either, right, when you're on the road. So it gets, like you said, Press, this gets even tougher, man. And I, and I'm and I'm and on my side of the equation, seeing Eloy go down yet again, you know, and, and, and it's tough because this time it didn't happen in the field, which is what I've been worried about all season. It's like, oh, Eloy, please don't get hurt, you know, out there in the outfield. But he gets hurt hustling to the first base bag. And strains his hamstring, and that did not look good because in the moment when I saw him down on the ground like that, I'm like, oh, man, what is that, a knee? But I saw him clutching back at his leg. I'm like, what is going on? Like, why does this guy always get hurt? And then they came out that it was a hamstring injury out for six to eight weeks, which if you look at that, White Sox fans, that's probably after the All-Star break before he can even get back out there. Chris, I got to ask you, man. I know these your boys, man. It's Elo injury prone, press. I want to hear it from you. <laughs> I don't necessarily. I think that running into the wall, AW, you would have fucking 
getting broken up with that shit. <laughs> I thought that was just dumb what he was trying to do. True. This with the with the running on the back. I'm I'm the reason why we're seeing so many injuries right now. I think across the league is because they had that shortened spring training. Everybody yeah. knows that. If you got a lot of guys that are hurt right now, look at the White Sox. We got so many guys out right now. That is crazy, though, Perez. You hit a good point, though, man, the short uh, spring training, because that helps me. Uh, I mean, of course, you know, that helps us all, right, to see why a lot of these uh, teams been so light on their pitches, right? They've been, like, really being careful with their pitches. But the thing is, how much care can you be with, you know, with the, um, with the rest of the players, right? The infield, the outfield, you know, because, like you yeah, said, they got to the run the bases players. and things like that. Yeah, exactly. The position mm-hmm. players, they got to run the bases, man. So how do you protect them, really? You know, and um, only way you can do so, really, is you actually rest them on games, right, which I think a lot of teams have been doing. They haven't mm-hmm. been overstating players that way. But at the end of the day, this kind of becomes an unfortunate injury when you see this happen to Eloy. It's like, man, that's kind of tough, man. Well, also, too, because when you think about it with our team right now, so now Eloy is going on the injury list. Giolito is being reinstated. He's actually starting in the game today. But think about what we've seen so far in the season. Lance Lynn out, knee surgery. Yep. Garrett Crochet, Tommy John. Yoan Moncada. There's been a handful of other players. Lewis Robert, he's been dealing with an injury. A.J. Pollock, he was just recently activated from the injury list. So we've had our fair share of injuries out there. And now White Sox fans are going to sit here and they're going to say, we're screwed because Jimenez is out. But I want you guys to remember, last season, this team withstood a lot of injuries and we were the top team in the AL Central. And I know right now our record isn't looking so good and the AL Central is a little bit more stacked up than it was last year. But if you look at this team on paper for what they are, I think A.W. is still going to be fine. Because whenever Lewis Robert is ready and he's able to come back in there, he'll be good in the lineup and be fine. But right now, because you got a guy like A.J. Pollock, he can play out there in that field. Because yep. you got a guy like Andrew Vaughn, you got a guy out there that can get things done. Shit, you could move um, Yasmani Grandal to DH in the interim. You know what Correct. I mean? So they have things that they can do with this lineup. Yeah, you guys still got a loaded team, Perez. You and I talked about this already. The White Sox are still loaded with offensive talent. So to me, it's like you lose a guy, I get it. It hurts right a little bit. But the thing is, you got somebody else that can step up. So like you say, Perez, I think they can sustain some of these injuries. They've done a good job at doing it last season, like you just already mentioned already. I think they'll be fine going forward. Just that they kind of like, you know, go through a little rough patch. It's early in the season. They're not the only team that's going through the, the motions. No, they're not. They're not the only team. It was a rough fucking road trip. And I will say this, too, man. I'm looking at the situation. The offense didn't do so well, right? Right. The defense was committing a lot of errors. And that part just really pained me because I'm like, in this league, man, you gotta, you can't be giving away outs. You know what I mean? And I saw one of those games where Tim Anderson was struggling, right? Mm-hmm. I'm like, hey, Tim, you know, I know you can hit, bro, but you're out there in the infield, you know, struggling with those errors. Something you don't see often, though, but you can just tell, you know, maybe the weather got to him, Perez, who knows, right? It's still baseball, right? So just seeing him struggle a little bit with the errors part of it was kind of tough seeing, but I know he's going to turn around. I know he's going to turn around. I think so, too. And you know, A-Dub, I talked about the rotation going into the season because I said, look, we got to make sure that this rotation is going to be ready to go. So Michael Kopech, I think he's been really outstanding so far oh, yeah. this season, right? And that's even with the defensive struggles that have been going on. Lucas Giolito only had the one start. I think he's been solid. Dylan Cease, he's been decent. Yep. Velasquez, awful. And then Dallas Keiko don't even just 
don't even get me started. Like that's I know a, how you feel about him, man. That's a, that's an LOL. <laughs> hey, look, man, I saw him give all those runs. I said, man, Dallas Keiko, uh-oh. You don't want to start this way, bro. You don't want to you don't want to go this route, man. You better turn it around right away because you don't, I mean, you on a short leash. If yeah, the pitches. He better be. But then also, before we get into our line coverage, I got a little heat for uh, Tony Russa. How does Skip go um think that they had two outs instead of the one? <laughs> I have no clue how you forget that. And this ain't the first time he's done that here in Chicago. He did that shit last year with Giolito, who was already tired, and he allowed him to face four extra batters. That's and everybody about- was wondering, like, what the fuck was going on? And that's when LaRusso said, oh, he had the wrong number of outs in his summary. You can't make them mistakes, management. You can't make those mistakes. That's your oh, job God. to manage this game, man. So you got to know what's going on at all times. You don't know. Ask somebody else, right, who's with you, right, who's working with you. It's enough of you coaches out there on the field and everything else, you know. So that's just something he just can't do, man. You can't miss that, Tony. No, and I think this team needs a little juice. If I'm being honest with you, one of my initial concerns about this hire was I thought, okay, you got an old-school manager with this young, up-and-coming team. And the White Sox team, AW, even say this all the time, they got swag to them. You know what I'm saying? They got no swag. So – when you look at the manager, I just feel like things are a little flat right now. And I think that we need to kind of, like, get some juice going with this team right now because when you got an 0-6 stretch like that, everybody's moods are kind of down. We got to turn the ship around. And that's why I wish that we had a little bit of a younger manager in play. Like, with you guys over there with Rossi, you know, Rossi kind of keeps things loose with that team. And we need a little bit of that in Chicago. And I don't want to speak to it because maybe La Russa does things behind closed doors, but I just want my team to be having fun. And right now, I don't feel like they are. They probably not. But I think what probably helped this team, Perez, it is maybe funny, it may be funny to you or not. But if Tony Russa, right, gets fired up at one of these umpires and get kicked out the game, that might fire the team up, right? Because it's like, oh, maybe Tony gets tired of losing, man. He'll look frustrated and the players might just wake up, right? Sometimes things like that be a wake-up call for, for some young players, you know? So we'll see if Tony Russa can have the team back on some areas, you know, and sometimes all it takes is a little small win, Prince. All he needs is a little bit to wake up. Yeah, but see, my only concern with that is the reason why Tony, Tony La Russa was hired was for his experience, those instincts that made him a Hall of Fame manager, and his feel in certain type of situations. And that's why they thought, hey, those traits were going to help this team win. But as a fan of this team, a Dub. I don't trust that that experience is going to translate to anything because I haven't seen it yet. I'm with you, Prince. I haven't seen it yet either, man. The one thing I, I look at Tony La Russa, Prince, I, re- I remember last season, and you remember this as well, Prince, when things weren't going so well. And it, it appeared that players weren't so happy with Tony La Russa until you all started winning, right? You all went into the winning streak and doing all these great things, then everybody's fine. So I wonder now, okay, always, like I said, a six losing a losing streak like this, what does that do? Are these team, uh, are these players still behind Tony La Russa? I don't know, Prez. I don't know. Because no one said anything yet, but are they, though? You just never know. I look at, I'm trying to look at their demeanor, right? How players are looking on the field. Are they engaged? And right now, I'm starting to see, you know what? Maybe they don't look too engaged from the games I watch, Prez. They didn't look too like they were in it, but they were just going through the motions, just trying to get these games over with. No, that's, that's, no, that's total facts there. So, like I said, it's a long season, though. And so right. right now, yeah, I'm a little, I'm, I'm a little, you know, looking at a little, you know, kind of concerned. But I know at the grand scheme of things, I still think this White Sox club is a playoff organization. We're going to get back healthy. We'll be fine. But I also still have to call a spade a spade. 
I'm one of these type of fans that I like to be optimistic, but I also like to be logical about what I'm saying. And when I look at this White Sox team right now, the hitting and the defense right now are really concerning me. And I'm starting to be a little concerned with Tony Russo and the way he's handling certain aspects of the club. So hopefully things get tightened up and, you know, we're not having these type of conversations going forward, at least for my sake. I hope not. Oh, no, bro. I think you guys would be fine, man. The players on that team are just too good, Perez, to let this stuff sink in, you know, or last too much longer. I think you guys are going to turn this around very fast, man. So, I mean, like I said, your team is just too good and too talented. I think you and I both know this. We've seen over the course of the year, over, over the last season, how well you, your boys can play, man. I'll tell you, once this White Sox team get hot, they get hot, Perez. Yes, sir. Well, let's get into a little bit of Atlanta content before we get into what everybody wants us to discuss on this show, and that's the Chicago Bulls. Before we get there, though, A-Dub, the Atlanta continue. They're very busy offseason. So we already know Sky Clark committed and signed with the Illinois class of yep. 2022 player. But then his little brother, ZZ Clark, decided, <laughs> hey, I'm coming too. And he's yeah. in that class. And he's in that class of 24, A-Dub. And who else is in that class of 24, y'all? Morez Johnson from St. Rita, Mean Street's AAU team. That 24 Ooh. class is starting to look really fucking good, too. Man, Prez. I'm going to tell you, man, Illinois is going to be an exciting team to watch. I really want to see how all this comes together, Prez, because I do like these recruits, you know what I'm saying? And I, I wonder, you know, how much playing time they are going to get, Prez, because when you're that talented, right, got a lot of pieces like that, how do you utilize all those young players? Well, that's you know what we talked about last year on this. Uh, I mean, not last year. What we talked about last week on this up on this show is this is a good problem to have. Yeah, there's teams in college they don't have a talent issue. We're going to have a talent <laughs> issue where if they keep stacking recruiting classes, somebody's going to be like, "Hey, um, when is when am I going to get to play?" You're seeing it right now when when Brandon Podziski leaves, it's because he saw the writing on the wall. Yep. And you know that's I mean? fair. And that's totally fair. fair. You're right, Perez. You hit on the point, man. It's just that it's, what we just keep seeing now, man, is that, hey, coaching is keep building up his team, man. He ain't letting it loose. Like, he's not slowing up. And this team continue to have talent. Mm-hmm. But now, this is my thing, too, and I want to align our fans to get a little – now, let's temper our emotions here on this ZZ Clark move. Now, while Scott Clark is a five-star, I haven't seen the projections on ZZ. The reason why I liked it, though, is because I'm like, okay, you got your brother to commit to this team as a sophomore. You know what I mean? So, yeah. and, and that is, I was happy. But also, think about it this way, A-Dub. If Scott Clark decides that he only wants to be in Champagne for one year because he has a good season and he wants to turn pro, then will ZZ ever come here? Ooh. Ooh-wee. That's a very interesting take, Perez. As a matter of fact, does he want to play with the other guys, right? How does he see his future, right? Because you never know, Perez. He might have a change of heart, right? Can you have a change of heart? Well, yeah, because he's only committed. He could obviously change that commitment. He could decommit. You yep. know what I'm saying? And it was exactly. only a verbal, it was only a verbal anyway. So. Right, exactly. So, like you said, if his brother gone, do I really want to go in? Or is that a good sign to say, oh, my brother, you know, went pro from playing with the team. Maybe I want to continue coming, right? He could go that route too. So it could be like, I hope, and I hope that's kind of where his mindset goes because this is still a kid that's still growing his game, just like with Marez Johnson. These yes. guys are still young. A lot of potential, though. And so my thing is, you never know what's going to happen. There's a, <laughs> it's a long time before 2024. <laughs> exactly. That's a long time, Perez. 
anything can happen within that time. Yeah, but fingers crossed that everything works out. But right now, I'm just going to celebrate the fact that things are looking up in Champaign. I was down there last week, A-Dub, for the spring game for the, on the football side. But I just yeah. felt like a different buzz on campus. I was like, man, things seem a little bit more upbeat down here. Okay? <laughs> Absolutely, friends. I, 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 I can feel it, too. I know I'm not down there, but just from the outside looking in, it looks like a great situation, Prez. Mm-hmm, it is. And that's thanks to Tim Anderson, who I keep talking about. That man deserves a race because he is a guy that was on that AAU circuit. He's got the relationships with a lot of these AAU programs. And look at what he's done here. Not only did he get Scott Clark, he got ZZ, Ty Rogers, Marez Johnson. And guess what? There's more guys on the way. James Brown, who plays the St. Rita, who's a top uh, 50 player in the nation. He's uncommitted right now. And I swear to God, every any chance I get to talk to James Brown, I'm going to have an Illinois hat right in his face. <laughs> yes, sir. Let's try to get him on board, Prince. Dude, I was at an AAU tournament. I didn't even know this, but his mom was the scorekeeper at one of the AAU games. And I heard her saying something about my son. And I look over and I'm like, oh, that's your son? So you know me, A-Dub. I go pull up. I'm like, did I hear that you the mother of a reader man, ma'am? And she said, well, yes, <laughs> I am. She said, my son is James Brown. I said, will you get through with this game? I said, I got to I gotta shake your hand. She comes over. She talks to me. And she said, if you need anything, she said, you let me know. I said, okay, well, me and my buddy, my, me and my boy A-Dub, we got a Chicago sports platform. And I said, we cover the prep side now. I said, so you're going to see one of us at all these tournaments. So just know. <laughs> that yes, sir. If comes, but if it comes to coverage of your boys, of your boy, it's going to be fair. And I said, and it's a reader man that's going to be covering them. So I got y'all. And she smiled and she said, okay, she said, I look forward to seeing you next time. So anyway, the point of me telling that story is, I guarantee you he's next on Tim Anderson's hot list. If Tim Anderson gets James Brown to sign it to Illinois, good Lord. Man, man, man. That is awesome, Prez. That will be awesome, man. Yeah, man. Mostly just for me is the fact that this kid, James Brown, I just can only imagine that type of talent. He's 6'10", bro. Got a handle, relentless, got a decent motor on him. He don't have the motor of a Marez Johnson. But I just imagine Marez is already 6'9". You got 6'9 and 6'10 on the same front court at college in the Big Ten? Sheesh. And I love that type of hype right there, too. Yep. Now, we don't know what to expect with this team next year. As you and I talk about a lot of time, very young team. Kofi decided to go ahead and enter the NBA, which we can't begrudge him on that. And Listen, good luck to Kofi. We'll see how that all pans out for him with his various workouts and at the combine. But, hey, Champagne, I still think it's going to be a nice energy in that fall because we got a lot of things to look forward to uh, in the future with this Illinois basketball program. Yeah, you're right about that, Chris. A lot to look forward to. And all I got to say, man, salute to Kofi, man. You, you had a pretty good, you know, year in college and um, a few good years at that. So I hope everything works out well for him, man. We can impress some people. Yeah, he's betting on himself, and you, 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 you know, you, you give somebody credit for that because Kofi's name, as I mentioned in the past, is not showing up in any of these mock drafts. But guess what? That don't mean anything. That don't mean sure that he don't. can't. Don't mean that he can't go in there and press somebody. So exactly, you never know. He can sneak into the bottom of that second round. All he needs is an opportunity. That's all you need. That's all you need, and make the best of it. So I'm hoping for him, Perez, because he came from Illinois, right? We got. I'm gonna pull for the guy. I would love to see him get drafted, man. And if he, he does. That's a plus. Yeah, and let's think about this. Io fell to the Bulls at 38. And Io, I thought, had a very solid rookie season. And imagine if Kofi could maybe rise up in that second round a little bit and get into the right situation. 
that's the key, the right situation, when he's utilized the right way because the NBA game has changed. And this is funny when you think about this. If Kofi Coburn would have came around in the 90s, he would have been a lottery pick. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. If if, if, if Curry – I'm sorry, um, if um, Eddie Curry, right, Gets, gets drafted right pretty high. He came in what he's you know, he came in what yeah, young, he was the right? before pick, yeah. right? A guy like Kofi has similar type moves and things of that nature, right? Body same type body frame, right? For his, I don't see why not Kofi cannot get drafted, right? Because you're right, he's a he's a 90s type player for real. For us, he really is. He's one of those 90s, early 2000s type players. So you're well, right, I can see. Oh, I was gonna say this to you, Adel, before you get carried away on that Eddie Curry, uh, Kofi uh, comparison. The only thing that those two had in common is that they were post players and they scored in the post. Yeah, you remember you remember Eddie Curry's body. You look yep, at Kofi's I body. I do. Okay, that's all I'm gonna tell you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough, man. Fair enough. Exactly. Got the same one, type body frame. Yeah. One, one guy knows the gym. The other guy was looking for the PlayStation and some chips. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> we know, man. But that guy did have some talent, though, man. He had some. He talent. did. He did, because listen, and he was starting to put it together for the Bulls. I hated when they had to trade him because he had the issues with his heart. And Paxson was like, no, nah, we ain't going to sign you to no long-term deal. And I hated to see him go because he was really starting to round into a nice little player. He actually was, man. But you know how it is, Perez. Things happen, right? Yep. Well, he got his paper. He got his paper. Oh, yeah. He's straight. <laughs> well, I hope he is because – I heard some things. But anyway, that ain't what we do on this show. I hope you are. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I hope you are. But let's get into these Chicago Bulls, eh, dude? Because we haven't talked to the audience in a week, and there's been so much that's been happening in the NBA playoffs. So game one of the series, A-Dub, the Bulls, I thought, for the most part, they kind of hung in there for a little bit with them. You know what I'm saying? They hung in there in that game and, you know, wasn't the result that we wanted. But it was a game that I thought we had a chance, brother. We had a chance. Perez, I'm going to say it like this here. You're right. We had a chance that game, and we had a chance at game two, right? But I'm with you here. You know, we should have been up 2-0. That first game, we let slip away, Perez, because we had them. A good defensive scheme in place, Perez, and we held them, like, to a low score, you know? And I'm like, man, this is really giving, you know, the deer <laughs> problems, man. The Bucks are having problems against this team here, man, this game here. They were struggling to score. So I really thought the Bulls had a chance to escape, man, to steal. Well, yeah, and, and we're going to get into game two, but when we look at this game one, I thought that the Bucks they kind of came out a little flat, you know, in, the, in this game, you know, and Giannis was doing Giannis things, but his others, they really didn't look too good to me in the game, right? And Vooch came out pretty fucking hot, right? And this right. was – that you were asking for on our previous episodes that you got him in that game one. And I was really proud to see Vooch kind of come out and do what he had to do. The problem in game one, though, was the fact that DeMar DeRozan did not have such a good game, right? Right, right. That is why things didn't go so well for the Bulls, but we were still in it. We took the lead late in the game because Kobe White got hot. The defense started to pick things up a little bit. So that game honestly gave me a little confidence because you remember when we made our predictions, you was like, hey, the Bulls going to get one game. I said, no, nah, we're going to get two games. And right. to your point, this game one should have been one of them two games. Yeah, man. And you had a good head when you were talking about DeRozan, Perez. DeRozan, just didn't, he just didn't close, man. He couldn't close, right? He wasn't that closer that we was accustomed to seeing. Well, he shot 6 of 25. So it just – they were loading up on him, and he just he just didn't have it. 
But one of the things that I like, though, with the DeRozan said, he's like, I guarantee you that me, Zach, and Vooch are going to miss that many shots going forward. And I think it was mostly him and, and, uh, and, and Zach. But also, too, when you look at this team, Alex Caruso, I thought here in game one, he played his ass off. Ooh, weak, Prez. That's, that, that, that's spot on. Because Caruso defense, Prez, and the thing is, a lot of things that he does don't always hit the, um, you know, hit the box, right? It don't hit, the, you know, the, it, don't, it don't come on the stat sheet. And that's what he like about Caruso, his hustle, his hard defense, the deflections, Prez. You know, it's like he does so much defensively that, man, that is part of a game changer. You know what I'm saying? He actually changed that game around with his defense. Mm-hmm. And, you know, another thing, when you look at this, as I talked about with the others, so while Giannis had 27-16 and 16 in that game, I mean, who else really did anything besides Brooke Lopez? I mean, Brooke Lopez had a solid game, but I thought uh, Chris Middleton, I thought Bobby Portis, they were kind of so-so. And I thought that, that that was a game for the taking. But to your point, yes. then, when you talked about game two, that's another game that I feel like, oh, we let that one go. We, we had a chance there, bro. We really did. Yeah, man, and that's the that's the sad part right there, you know. I mean, that second game, Perez, we actually, you know, won that second game, right? We went in the house, we took we took we took care of business. I mean, that was the game when you say your boy DeRozan had that talk about he's not gonna shoot bad again. He came back game two, Perez, handled business, man. He let DeRozan that we all know, right? Mid-range working. I mean, he put up 41. 41. DeRozan exploded in game two. I mean, the entire team. I mean, Vooch came out. Killing game two, Perez, Zach Levine. I mean, we just came at them. We actually came for the Bucks in game two, Perez. We were we were hunting, right? It was hunting season. Deer hunting season was open, Perez, in game two. And our boys went to work. I was so proud of the Rose. I was like, man, this guy's just making shots out the shot out the shot, man. I said he had something to prove in game two. Yeah, so in game two, yeah, you're right. We did come out there. We got that win, but however. Coming out of the gates, though, in this ball game, I thought that the Bucks made a lot of mistakes, and we did not take advantage of those mistakes. Yeah. They turned the ball over a ton. We got an early lead, but you remember, the Bucs came back in this game several times. They did. And they even had a lead of one point at one point in the game. Mm-hmm. You know, so what happened was is for the Bucs, the game got out of hand in that second quarter because they continued to make those mistakes, and then we finally took advantage. Because yeah. going into halftime, we was up by 14 in that game. That's true. But in that third quarter, though, you saw Giannis being Giannis, and Chris Middleton started to step up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, they started catching the fire, Perez. They started to put together some runs. It's like they wanted to speed the game up a little bit more on us, Perez, which they did. They speed the game up more. They started making shots. So you're right. <laughs> they started to make this thing a little bit more competitive, man. And I was a little worried at that time, though, Perez. I'm like, man, don't let these dudes come back. Don't let these dudes, man, come back and beat us. Well, because uh, Milwaukee, they made it close. They, they, they put a, a nice little run there. They made a nice little comeback. But ultimately... We were able to get over the hump in this game, yes. won the ball game, right? And as you said, DeMar DeRozan, you can't say enough about him with those 41 points. But again, Alex Caruso, got to give this man his flowers. He took a charge against Giannis in this game. Just amazing. Just amazing what he does for this team. And I know all this. I told you guys in this summer, I didn't know about the contract that the Bulls gave him. I deserve to be slapped for making that comment. That man deserves that money in this, so. Hey, and then some, you right about that, Perez. I mean, that guy had, what, 10 dimes that game too, Perez. He yep. dropped 10 dimes in game two. So playing stellar defense, right, 
and then you know also able to run the point. He actually the one running the point. You know, I'm like, man, this guy making some good passes out there. I mean, he was throwing the ball long press, get some easy bucks. I said, man, this dude Caruso putting on the show press. He ain't got to score 41. He put on the show in his own style, in his own way, man. And that's one thing you like about Caruso. A guy like him, I know. We said it before, press. They miss him. <laughs> they miss him. The Lakers miss him. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. But they do that when, when they lost him. You know, LeBron, he definitely let that be known. But so at this point in the week, A-Dub, you and I was going to get on and we were going to do – an emergency pod leading up to game three because we want to say, hey, you know what? The city right now is on fire because the Bulls have played pretty well in this series up to this point. It's 1-1, right. one, one, headed to UC on a Friday night when everybody in the city's feeling good. I know you – I tell you one thing for myself, I had that fluid in me. I was feeling good Friday night. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll tell you one thing, I was ready for everything. I wanted to see red. I wanted to see it all. And guess what, A-Dub? Game three in the United Center, the crowd was ready. The roar was back. Playoff basketball was back in Chicago. And our boys came out flat. I'm talking Man. about Milwaukee came out 33 points in that first quarter. We couldn't buy a bucket. Vooch hit a couple threes. And I'm sitting here like, if this was what our offense is going to be, depending on Vooch to hit threes, we're fucked. For real. I knew the same thing you knew, Press. I said it's trouble. And the, the, the good thing you mentioned right there, Press, is coming out flat, man. We had no energy, Press. The crowd couldn't get into the game. It was like, man, what the hell did we go over? <laughs> Are we prepared for this game at home? I mean, it was so ugly to me. I'm like, man, this is sad. I expected more from a Bulls team press after winning game two. Yeah, I would say they didn't look like that same team, but this is what happens in the playoffs. Teams make adjustments. Yes. Coach Bud. He saw what they weren't doing well, but he also saw what was working well for the Bulls. He shut that shit down. He was not going to let DeMar DeRozan get to his spots. He, and he did was not allow not, that. Not at all, Prince. They put that wall up on DeRozan. You come to your spots, you're going to see two, three dudes. You go here, somebody waiting on you. And what happened? DeRozan couldn't get no shots off, really, Prince. Matter of fact, it was like DeRozan, you're going to have to force shots, right, to get him off. And I'm like, hey, DeRozan. Hey, man, that's on the floor ain't going to work, man. You trying to get to the free throw line, they're not going to allow it, man. They're not going to allow it. But guess what? They're not going to allow you to do it. That means our others have to step up, right, Perez? That's what we're looking for, our others. Like you said, you and I talked about the Pat Williams, the White, you know, Brown, these other guys got to step up, right? And they couldn't do it. No, they really couldn't. And one thing, too, now they talk about this in game two. Chris Middleton went down with that MCL yes. injury. So for for us Bulls fans, we're going into the series thinking like, oh, shit, Chris Middleton down? We got a shot here. But again, what does Bud do? He inserts Bobby Portis into that lineup. And Bobby Portis, who was probably still a little pissed off that Tristan Thompson busted him in the eye a little bit. <laughs> hey, Bobby was fucking putting it on us, man. That first quarter, Ooh. Bobby was hitting jumper after jumper. I'm like, I remember this Bobby in the playoffs. Man, Bobby had, what, 18.16 rebounds that game, something like that, Prez. He had a monster game, in my opinion. Yeah. Bobby Portis came out and balled like he like he owned the United Center. And not only him, Prez, Allen, the one that we don't like, he balling against us. So you got Bobby Portis and Allen both killing us. These are the others, right, Perez? The others. They stepped up big, man. They were huge in that game. Yeah, I, you know, I, I got quiet there because I, I hate that guy so bad. And I, 
<laughs> I would say it was really tough watching him hit shot after shot, and he was embracing being booed. And you could just tell a guy like that why I think he's a piece of shit. The guy, he can play. <laughs> he can play. He can play. Yeah, I agree with you, Perez. 100%, man. He and can play. I got I to get credit where it's due. I still don't like the guy. But, I mean, he was balling. He came in here. Shit, not only game three, but game four as well. But he came in here and balled. But I would tell you, from my experience, because I was at the UC on Friday, first thing, I'm mad at the fucking the Chicago Bulls for one thing. They had a hat giveaway that they were supposed to be giving away to the fans. Tell me why I get to the game, man. Ain't no hat over here when we, we check it in. I'm like, hey, what's up with the hats? They're like, we out. <laughs> an hour before the goddamn game, eh, Dub? I'm like, wait a minute. Why don't everybody get a damn hat? Them hats, well, too, them hats was cold. Them playoff hats, man. I mean, you're right. I believe you, friends. I'm sorry, bro. I wish you'd have got one, man. But that sucked, though, no doubt. So then, okay, but check this out. On Sunday's game, everybody got a red T-shirt. They had them on every seat. I'm like, oh, so the T-shirt, everybody get a T-shirt on Sunday, but everybody can't get a hat on Friday. Like, I ain't going to lie. <laughs> when the game kind of got out of hand a little bit, I'm like, and I didn't get a hat. <laughs> Add fuel to the fire, man. Now we're not getting hat. We're getting our bus kicked. Bruh, I'm talking about it, man. I didn't lead the game early, A-Dub. A lot of Bulls fans, they got up out of there. I said, nope. I said, I refuse. I want to remember this. And that was nasty. I mean, we lost about 30. Yeah. But, yeah, so when, when we look at it, just the fact that early on in this game, the Bulls just came out flat. And A-Dub, the big thing here in the playoffs, you can't do that. We got punched in the mouth. We never responded, and you can't do that against the defending world champions. And I think we learned that, or at least I hope that we learned that going forward because that game, I just didn't see much that gave me any sort of confidence of, like, man, this team has any sort of anything going forward. Because now when we get to Sunday's game, and I'm thinking, okay, this is our chance, A-Dub, to tie things up. We're at home. I'm thinking that the crowd is going to rally behind this team and go get everything going. Yeah. But guess what? Grayson Allen, again, tore our asses up. On fire. From deep. Tore our asses up. Couldn't miss a shot, man. I mean, that guy probably missed, what, two, three shots, Fred, the whole game? But he lit us up from long distance. Yeah, the past two – in that past two games of that series, I think they said on the broadcast he was 11 of 14 from three-point range. What you supposed <laughs> to do – what you supposed to do with that? Man. <laughs> hey, look, Perez, he was getting the shots – Wide open looks, Perez. It was like target practice. And I mean, when you got a guy like that that's hitting those type of shots, when you got a, a guy like Giannis who's putting up 32 or 17, ugh, ugh, ugh. Insane. Yeah, it is, man. Yeah, it is insane, Perez. And the sad part about you know the whole thing is we tried to, we put up a wall on Giannis, right? You know, we put a wall up on him too, right? How is he split between two defenders, Perez? How is that happening? I'm like, yeah, what you put the ball up for? Yeah, I didn't get that either. I didn't get that either because I knew what they was trying to do. But, yeah, it didn't work. Drew Holiday was getting off in that game. I'm, it just – I mean, goddamn. Bobby Portis again in this game. Like I tell you, he's coming here all fired up because the, the previous regime got rid of him. Even though they offered him a contract extension, he turned it down, but they still got rid of him. The fan base loved Bobby Portis when he was here in Chicago, but he still comes here a little fired up, A-Dub, because you saw it a little bit later in the game. He had that foul on Zach, and he wouldn't let Zach go. And I give Zach some, some credit now, because Zach wasn't like, no, listen, we get our asses booed, but you ain't going to punk me. 
<laughs> yeah, man, I saw some fire. Zach, I said, that's what I'm talking about, Zach. Hey, man, bring it on. Because we don't often see that coming from Zach. No, we don't, man. And the good thing to see him actually show that kind of fire, man, that kind of fight, I'm like, hey, look, keep that going. Because, hey, sometimes when the series, man, you got to have that kind of energy. But, you know, just to, to, to piggyback off of your point there, I think that's been one of my glaring things with this Bulls team, not just this season, but some of these Bulls teams in the last five years. Where's the toughness? Where's the fight? Now, this season, you had a guy in, in Allen that injured one of your players. Now, I'm not sitting over here saying, okay, injure the guy back in return. But where's the physicality? Where's the letting these people know you're not going to just come here and just punk us? Right. Bobby Portis felt comfortable doing that shit to Zach Levine because he probably feels that nobody on this team going to do nothing about it. Because if you look at Zach, Zach's a quiet cat. DeMar's a chill cat. Vooch is a chill cat. Who's coming on? Who's on this team right now that you know that may want some smoke? Tristan, maybe? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Right. You need a guy who wants some of that smoke press. You need an enforcer. We ain't had no enforcer out there. Well, because you know the boss got plenty of them. Right. Absolutely. But I'm just saying in that moment, Bobby Portis did that shit because he knew what nobody going to do nothing about that. And all that was was him just trying to impose his will. That's all that was. And I don't think that him and Zach got no beef. That was just in the heated moment in the basketball game that Bobby Portis was just trying to punk the Bulls. That's all that was. Oh, that's all it was, Perez. He wanted to do that. And you know what? He got away with it, right? For the most part, he got away with it. Yeah, because while Zach had to defend himself, I'm sitting there thinking, I'm looking at it, Pat Williams was standing right there, turned his head to the situation. At least I saw Io come on over there and try to, like, kind of push the guys away for a little bit. But that's your rookie. You know what I mean? It's like, all right, man, like you got your franchise player over there getting mugged. Ain't nobody over there stepping in on that? Yeah, those other guys was came in there, boy. Look, we're ready for the smoke. We losing the game. <laughs> hey, this will be the second one. It's time to rumble if we got to. That's what it should have been, man. But guess who on the Bucks side who's right there in the middle of everything? Grayson Allen, right over there when the shit's going on. Right over you there. Know, you know what he want, Perez. You know he ready for it. <laughs> he ain't ducking. No, but no, I guess salute to Zach Levine because he started that game really hot, 12 points there in that opening quarter. Zach was filled, and you'd like to see him when he gets into those modes because you know Zach, he can score. He can light it up, and we haven't seen that from him in a little while, and I was glad to see that Zach was really active in this game. DeRosa had 23. Pat Williams, Pat Williams, I thought, A-Dub had his best game of the series, 20 and 10. And my thing is, that is the reason why I think AK and Mark Eversley are not going to trade Pat Williams because they know that he's got that type of potential in his game. Yeah, Perez, this is his first time to play all right, second-year player, right? It's like, okay, he's learning something new, right? Because he hasn't been here before. So this is all, to me, is learning for Pat Williams, a guy we look forward to that can stick defense, right? And now a guy now in this second game at home in the playoffs now pitches in 20, right, 20 and 10, like you just said. That's a good sign right there, Perez. And you're right. The kid got some talent, man. He's just got to be, you know, more confident in himself and just play his game. More aggressive, more assertive. It's yep. going to come. It's going to come, you know. But when we look at this series the way it is now with the Bulls down 3-1, it really makes you really think. And I was talking to some guys at the Bulls game that was sitting around my seats, and I said, this is why we miss Lonzo Ball so much. Because while I love what Alex Caruso brings, 
Lonzo Ball, as the point guard of this team, just has another d- dynamic to his game. He has that pace that we were missing, getting people into open looks and open shots, pushing the ball. We don't have that right now. The offense is very stagnant and generic right now. And that's why it's going to be very imperative to make sure that Lonzo Ball is 100% healthy for next season because we're going to need him for the whole entire duration. Yes, Fred. You got teams loaded with your two best players that you and I already talked about. That means guys got to make threes, right? Other players got to make threes who are wide open. And you hit on the head, Vooch can't be the guy, right? I don't want Vooch shooting 10, 12 threes in the game, Perez. That's yeah. insane. I'd rather see Vooch in the paint. But that means your I other means. I want him in the paint. I want right. him in the paint. Because oh, there, there was times in this in this series when he was in the paint where, like Shaq says, it was barbecue chicken. Yeah. If you got yeah, um, Giannis on you, Post Giannis up. He can't guard you in the paint, dude. You're seven or feet. If you, you got, got Portis on you. Or if you got Portis on you, back his ass up and dump, dump the ball in on him. Come on. Make the game simple, man. Why are we trying to make this game hard and say, DeRozan, go ahead, get to your spot when the spot ain't there? No, man. You no. got to adjust. Like you said, Press, that's what adjustment comes in there, right? Making adjustments. You can't do what you thought you could do to win games. You got to adjust. You know, and um, that's why I would love to see Booch at more, Press, in that paint, man. Making things happen. But see, but that's my whole point there when it comes to Lonzo, because Lonzo gets guys. He's a great passer. Also, yep. he's able to do the outlet pass. He's able to get those best passes out there and help them run. Because one of the things that I noticed with this Bulls team this season is they depend on teams that miss shots where they can push the ball and score a transition. Right. That's their offense. And so when they have to get forced into that half court style, things kind of bog down a little bit. And we saw that. Kobe White, for the most part, wasn't hitting his shots. You saw that Billy Donovan started to go to Io a little bit more later in the series. He did. You know what I mean? No, that's a good move there. You know, yeah, it is. But that was what I was saying to you earlier when we did our preview episode when it came to Kobe White. If Kobe White was making mental lapses and if he wasn't hitting shots, then he's unplayable. Yeah, that's true, Chris. He is. He is unplayable if he's not making shots. But you hit it on the head, man. This is all the reason why we do miss Zoe, because Zoe can hit that three as well. He can hit it, man. And he was shooting yeah, yeah. like 42% from the field, from the three, right? 40%, something like that, from the three-pointer. So it's like, hey, Zoe have gotten better with that. And not to mention the fact that Zach Levine has been laboring all season, and I know there's been a fraction of the fan base that's been going after Zach Levine. But, I mean, come on, man. We know Zach Levine is a player. Also, the fact that Zach Levine's in a contract year. Earlier this season, he was playing with a torn thumb ligament that he's playing through. He's playing through the knee issue. I mean, come on, man. He's playing for his teammates right now. We got to get this guy some credit. Yeah, man, and um, I kind of feel bad for him because you know what, Perez? He's not talking about it much, but I know that knee's still a problem, Perez. He just ain't going to say anything, you know what I'm saying? Because they're in, the, in, the, they in a fight right now, you know? But I Now, this is the thing. Now, this is something that somebody asked me at the ball game, and I told him, I said, okay, if you want to know my thoughts on this, tune in to Chicago State of Mind Sports, and I said, I will give you my opinion on this. So he said that he would. So if you listen to Oscar, you asked me, should the Bulls max, max – should the Bulls max Zach Levine? And I said, absolutely. I said, because if you don't, who are you replacing them with? Yeah, that is a good answer, Perez, because I look at who are the free agents out there at the time come. You're going to need another star with with DeRozan because DeRozan's getting old. He's not getting any younger. And honestly, Zach Levine is young, still young. 27. Exactly. Coming to his prime, coming to his zone, right? So, hey, 
in this league now, friends, guys are getting paid money, man. These players are making big money anyhow, man. So, hey, we got to spend a little bit extra to stay competitive. With Zach, I say I'd rather do it with Zach than anyone else. Yeah, and also, too, um, Oscar, one of the things that I wanted to elaborate on when I say why I think the Bulls should max him is, okay, my question is some people say, well, Levine isn't a max player. Okay, well, there's some players in the league that are max players that I don't think are max players either. But if I look at Zach and I say I'd rather have him over some of these other guys, because people don't understand the way the salary cap works. Right. So we lose him, we're going to replace him. Because at least when we got rid of Jimmy Butler, we brought in Zach. Right. Who are we bringing in this time? That's key. That's key. Because guess what? We don't have Zach for his. And we don't bring in anybody, right? We're not gonna be as we're not gonna be as competitive. Mm-mm. Nope. That's bottom line. We're going down. We're not gonna mm-hmm. be at the top, one of the top teams in the East, man. Because other teams in the East are pretty, pretty tough, man. They are pretty tough. They are, but no. So to answer that question, I think Bulls fans, Zach Levine, I want him here long term. What this team needs to do is they need to surround him with some shooters. We need some snipers on this team. And we need some tough, defensive-minded players in this lineup. We need some size. Yeah. Pat Williams, to me, is not a power forward in the NBA. He's just not. And I want us to surround Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan with some guys. So if they're loading up on them, they got somebody to kick the ball out to, and we know that they can knock that shot down. Because that's what Giannis has. Giannis is surrounded by snipers. He actually is, man. (laughs) And you're right. You need those guys – players who can hit the three, man. You need that for us, especially in, the, in this NBA. Guys are shooting for long range, man. And if you can't knock down open threes or knock down threes in general, you're in trouble. You need some shooters. And we don't have any, any of those. We got scores. Mm-hmm. No, facts. No, facts there. But no, audience, so listen. Bulls down 3-1. Not looking good. But hey, we're going to continue to rock with this team until the wheels fall off. I'm still proud of this team because they haven't quit. The effort has been there, A-Dub. So at the end of the day, if we do lose to the defending champs, hey, learning lesson, A.K. and Mark Eversley, time to get them back to work. You know what I mean? Yes, sir. And the thing is, Perez, like you said, man, it's a championship caliber team here, so you can't feel that bad. Yeah, it just sucks losing, but at the same time, if you're going to lose to anybody, it's the defending champs. So not that that's going to make those guys feel any better about it, but it's something that they can learn from. This is a learning experience. It's a teachable moment. So that's the way I see it, at least. Me too. They, they, I'll tell you one thing. These young players are getting their education on, man, in this series. Yeah, a guy like Io, he's going to learn from this. He's going to be all right. This is Zach Levine's first experience in the playoffs. He's going to be better from this. We'll be fine. Pat Williams, first experience in the playoffs. We'll be fine. Absolutely, Perez. They also understand how to officiate it is as well, right? How it's much different in the regular season versus the playoffs. That's what you also learn. No, no, very true. Before we get out of here, Chicago Sky, they had their training camp period last week. The exhibition season started up over the weekend. Aids up and I will be breaking down all things Chicago Sky on our next episode. We're going to be breaking down some of the games. We're going to be giving you guys some of our thoughts on our observations from that training camp period. The Chicago Bears, as you guys know, had their first mini camp. We had a lot of reports out of that minicamp that Justin Fields had some struggles. A-Dub and I would like to tell the fan base to relax. It's a new offense that they're putting in place. He's going to struggle a little bit. Doesn't mean the kid's a bust. 
we got to stop panicking so much about these situations when they come out. And also, too, A-Dub and I work there. So we're hearing this information secondhand from other people. So until I get to Hallis Hall this summer, I'm going to hold off any judgment on how I think Joseph Fields is performing in these practices. Because if I'm not seeing it with my own eyes, I'm not commenting. I'm not commenting on it. Hey, that's a fair statement there, Perez. Until we see, man, I'll wait. But I would tell you this, nothing has changed in my opinion of Justin Fields. Justin Fields is going to be all right. Again, I'm very much looking forward to what happens in the NFL draft here, A-Dub, later in the week. Audience, we would definitely we would definitely give our thoughts there on the Bears and their draft. And we may even have a an emergency pod pop up just where it's related to the draft only because my brother A-Dub here is going to be attending a Chicago Bears draft event. So we might have some exclusive content for you guys on that. So stay tuned there. But, hey. This is the first mini camp under the new regime. So, of course, there's probably going to be some growing pains, whether that's Justin, whether it's other players. But listen, this podcast, we always are going to support this team and we always going to stand with Justin Fields. Yes, we are, Prez. We're going to stand with Justin Fields because we know that kid got some talent, man. So don't let this, whatever you're hearing about, having some struggles early, you know, in, um, in, um, in this training camp here. The young fella be fine, man. So salute to Justin Fields for being who he is, a kid who wants to learn and continue to grow that we all know. So, hey, let's support the kid. Yeah, he works his ass off. And I'm sure whatever the struggles were, he'll learn from it. I'm sure he'll be sitting there watching the film on some of his throws. So if he was missing guys or, you know, not, you know, reading things correctly, well, I'm sure he'll be sitting there breaking that down and and figuring it out. So, like I said, he's one guy I'm not worried about. I'll tell you that much. I agree. All right, audience, final segment time. If this city could talk, keeping it short and to the point, I want to give this salute to the Chicago Lurie's Children's Hospital because what they are seeking out to do in the medical space is they want to change the face of medicine. So as most people growing up, A.W. and I are both Southsiders. When we went to the hospital, we dealt with doctors. Most of the time, doctors were Caucasian or of another background. What Chicago's Lurie's Children's Hospital is doing is they're mentoring the next generation of doctors. And when I say they want to change the face of medicine, they want that face to be of minorities, people of color. So they created a mentorship program called Team Doc. And this is for Chicago publicly, public school high schoolers. And these are people that come from very underrepresented communities in the medical field. And they want to get these kids exposed to the medical field because a lot of times, and this is even true for me when I was growing up, I didn't even think about being in the medical field because I thought that was something that's far past what I could do because it wasn't something that I was exposed to. So mm-hmm. if this city could talk, it would say salute to Chicago's Lurie's Children's Hospital for creating this mentorship program and realizing, hey, there's a space here where these there's an underrepresented population and we want to be a solution to a problem that's going out there. So salute to you guys. Definitely salute to that, Perez. That's big ups right there, man. The fact they want to focus on minorities and give them opportunity, man, to learn and, and, and get into that field like that. So you always got to support things of that nature, man. So I am proud of them. Keep doing what you're doing. If this city can talk, I'm going to keep this short as well. It will say, hey, happy belated birthday to Candace Parker. You know, she's one of our own, Chicago Sky. We love her. She's been having a great year overall she's been doing fantastic so 
we're just here to say we're going to support the Chicago Sky, of course, as we always do. But without without further ado, we got to always uh, show love and respect to those young ladies who are doing a great thing. And Kenneth Parker, like I said, Chicago, one of us, we always got support. Yes, sir. Happy birthday, Queen. As always, we appreciate your continued support of this platform. For Chicago State of Mind, thanks for listening, and we are out. Jordan was, he never asked me to do something that he didn't fucking do. I'm only doing it because it is who I am. That's how I played the game. That was my mentality. If you don't want to play that way, don't play that way.